Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What if you could become a better person, not by working harder, but by taking one small step a day? And not because you're a bad person now, but because there's something inside you that's ready for more. How to Be a Better Person gives you one tiny step a day you can take to be the person you want to be. My mission? To help you live your best life. Hi there, it's Kate, and this is the How to Be a Better Person podcast. This week, I'm talking about attention, because we have so many things to be distracted by right about now. And when we're distracted, we're scattered, and not really present, and likely to be irritable. It makes it hard to feel like you're being a better person. So I'm exploring a variety of ways that we can contain our attention so that we don't feel quite so frazzled. That's why I'm so excited to talk to Paula Rizzo. Paula is the author of Listful Living and Listful Thinking and a productivity expert extraordinaire. But she's not one of those productivity experts that wants you to divide your day up into 10-minute increments so you can jam more stuff in. She's more about getting clear on what matters to you so that you can focus on that and let some of the stressful stuff go. I'm excited to talk to her about how to stay focused on what matters when we have so very many things to distract us. So Paula, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Kate. I'm thrilled to chat with you. (laughs) So we're talking about attention this week, and you help people organize their thoughts, their to-do lists, and their lives so that they have time for the things that they care about. So first of all, I want to know, how did you come to care and know and practice so much about this stuff? How does one become an expert on list making, right? <laughs> uh, yes. Well, it's 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 interesting because lists changed my life. I spent my career as a television producer and you have to be really organized to get stuff done, to get things on the air on time and meet your deadlines. And lists were a big part of that and rundowns and checklists and all of that. And I was really efficient and really good at it. And I won an Emmy award and, you know, I was able to to really be be good at my job because of those things that I was doing on the productivity side. But then at home, some (laughs) things were falling through the cracks. You know, you don't want to do the same kind of things that you do at work at home because it feels like work. Right. When I quickly realized, hey, uh, you're forgetting things or, you know, you're not actually on top of your game as you could be. What's what's the missing factor? And lists were the missing factor for me. Mm, I love that. I, you know, I think it's kind of cool that you feel like this is a, I could take us on a tangent here and I I won't, but a lot of times you think you have to figure out like what you're good at so that you can then go do it at your job. And then sometimes you just get a job and you figure out what you are good at afterwards. Uh I love that you have that experience. And then now you're bringing, you know, it's leading you into an, even a new direction, which is totally cool. And congrats on that Emmy, by the way. Oh, thank you. you. Yeah, (laughs) thank you. So I want to know for you personally, as a productivity expert who helps people think about how to stay organized, what do you do when you feel scattered? You know, how do you, and I don't even necessarily mean like, I, I, you know, uh, just like you're forgetting stuff, but just when you notice that your thoughts are sort of all over the place, I'm really trying to hone in on attention this week. So how do you rein yourself back in? Yeah, I do 
stop myself from that frantic, scattered feeling. Like I notice it, right? So I've been a, a student of meditation for a while. At first, I thought it was kind of bogus. You know, as a journalist, I was like, nah, what is this? I don't know. Years ago, when I first did my first story on meditation, I was like, what is all this? But now I totally get the mindfulness piece that, you know, just stopping and noticing what you're doing, what you're feeling is so important. So I do that now. Now, when I start to feel scattered, I'm like, okay, let's just take a look at this. Why am I feeling so scattered? Ah, it's because there's too many things going on. And then I make a list and I just do a big brain dump of everything that I have to do, everything that's going on, everything that's stressing me out. And a lot of times once you look at it on paper, it's like, well, there's not really that much stuff here. You know, mm -hmm. I was kind of over uh, making it a little bit of a bigger deal or this doesn't have to be done for quite a while. But it's nice to be able to map it out for yourself like that. Just stop yourself, pause and then reevaluate it. Right. So I'm curious, like, where are you writing these lists down? And it sounds like, are they handwritten or are you typing? Like, help us figure out the brass tacks a little bit. I do a little bit of both. And people often ask what's better. And I always say, you know, whatever works best for you. So for me, my daily to-do list that I make every night before I leave my desk, and I did that as a TV producer and now as an author and media trainer, every night before I leave my desk, I make that list of things that I have the time and the resources to do the following day. And I do that by hand. And for me, you know, when you write something down, you're 33% more likely to do it. So I really mm. like to lock that in. But I do use some digital lists as well, you know, some things that I need to remember or, you know, ideas that I have. I have different apps for different things so that I know sort of like what drawer things are in. Because mm -hmm. when I first started using digital apps, I was just storing everything in one and then I couldn't find anything. So mm -hmm. that, was, that was no help. <laughs> Excellent. So as you're making your list and putting things, getting things out of your head and putting them down on paper, is that an important part of how we discern if something is truly urgent or if it's something that's maybe just kind of a distraction that can wait until later? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, it is very important to sort of have it down on paper and look at it, but also to know what your priority is. What is your main priority for this time period? And that changes. And so that can be really hard for people to, to nail down. But like, let's say sleep is your priority right now. You're feeling like, you know, your doctor told you you need to get more sleep. You're not getting enough of it. So every decision that you make, everything you put on that list sort of goes through that lens of, is this going to mess up my sleep or not? You know, mm -hmm. is this going to, am I going to say yes to this speaking thing that happens at 9 p.m., even though it's virtual, uh, and I won't be able to, you know, get to bed when I need to. So, you know, that's a, sort of a simplified example, but you can do that with any project you're working on. Like, is this my main project or main client right now? That has to be the truly urgent thing versus something that can probably wait for later. Got it. And do you think you can have more than one kind of more important thing, or do you really need to hone it down to like top, top, top? everything else is secondary. Yeah, I think it, it it is helpful to really have that rule for yourself to say like, th this is the lens through which I'm looking at this, you know, I'm working on this, writing this course or doing whatever this is. And so anything else that pops up is going to be a distraction. And I can get to it if I get to it. But I need to make sure that my priorities are aligned. And it takes work and it takes time to figure that out and to also be able to say no to things because we want to mm -hmm. say yes. And we want to, mm -hmm. you know, be helpful to people and all of that. But uh, if you look at it that way, it's, it's much easier to be able to say, huh, well, this isn't going to work right now. This is a distraction. I'll get to it or I'll never get to it. And that's okay. <laughs> so kind of talking about like going along with that theme of this might not happen right now. I'm curious, uh, how do you balance, you know, efficiency 
and getting things done and being in control of your schedule with patience, which mm-hmm. requires you to accept that not everything is going to happen on your timetable. Yeah, that's tough. It really is. And, you know, the other piece of that, too, is, is you know, disappointment. Like you wanted to do something maybe, right? You wanted to say yes to that thing and you, you just can't. You have to say, I, I can't do it right now. But I like to, to be in the, you know, the world of abundance and think, you know, the, the right things will come back to you. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a time when I had, you know, my overwhelming inbox. I think a lot of people share this issue, right? <laughs> and I literally set the clock for 20 minutes and I said, you can save any emails that you want, you know, forward them to a different email address, print them out, whatever it is, reply back to them in 20 minutes. And then after that, you're deleting everything. So I deleted everything in my inbox because it was just too much. Mm. And I really thought if it if it's if it matters, if it's something that is going to be great, it'll come back to me. The person will follow up again or, you know, I'll I'll remember. And it was fine. Nothing happened, you know, nothing broke. No, you know, so it was it was actually okay. <laughs> I think I've heard that referred to as declaring email bankruptcy. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. That's uh, just hearing you talk about that is like giving me goosebumps. I think it might be something that I need to explore. You should do it. It's kind of terrifying, but it's great in the end. Yeah, I bet it's very freeing. Any tips for shifting gears between, say, you know, doing work and being productive and then being present with your family or friends? This is something that I hear a lot from listeners is that not only is their attention scattered, but the way that it's showing up for them isn't necessarily so much that they're not getting stuff done at work, is that they're maybe not present with their family at the end of the day, or they're impatient with their kids. Or, and I'm just curious, like, can you help us make that switch? Yeah, it is really important to be able to shut down the office for the day. And now that many of us are working at home and the office is in, you know, in your living room or dining room or wherever it is, it could be a little bit harder. But to be able to have that boundary is so important. And this is something that I talk about in a LinkedIn learning course that I just put together about setting up a productive remote office. And Mm -hmm closing the door, if you can, is so important. So I live in New York City in a small apartment in a one bedroom with my husband, and I literally turned a closet into an office space so that at the end of the day, I could put my computer in that office and close the door. I call it a small office because it's a mm. small office. Uh, <laughs> so I put the stuff in the small office and I close it because if you keep looking at it, you keep wanting to do work. It's just inevitable. It's so so true. Really have that shut off. You know, I have a friend also in New York who she throws a blanket over her over her desk because so, it's right there in the middle of her studio apartment. Mm. Uh, you know, so are there things that you can do to physically remove yourself from that space so that you can shift gears and you can give yourself a moment to say, OK, that part of the day is done now I'm going to go enjoy this part and really put those boundaries there and tell your team, hey, this is the time that I'm signing off, period, the end. This is what it is. See you tomorrow. (laughs) Right. Excellent. Thank you so much, Paula. I always love your practical tips and I am thrilled to have you on. And I want to know where can people go who want to connect more with you or find out about that LinkedIn learning course, which sounds so great. Sure. Yeah, you can go to paularizzo.com slash lists. Fantastic. All right. Take care, Paula. Thanks, Kate. Good talking to you as always. So it's back to me again with your tiny assignment. I really loved how Paula talked about applying this lens of what's most important to you to help you decide what's truly urgent and what's really just a distraction. She gave the example of maybe sleep is your priority, so you can use that to help you decide if 
what you're thinking about doing that's going to pull you away in a new direction is worth it. I just want you to think today, what is my number one priority? Is it something like sleep or eating well or paying attention to your kids before they go back to school? Maybe it's a particular work project. And maybe, listen, I am someone who always has a lot of work projects going on at the same time. Maybe it's just the most important work project for today. And you can change a different priority for tomorrow. But just figure out what is my number one most important thing so that I have something to gauge every decision I make about how I spend my time against. I hope that this will be a helpful exercise. I know for me exactly what my answer is. It's a particular project. And I'm feeling jazzed because I've got an afternoon in front of me where I can get a lot of work done. And now I know exactly what I need to stay focused on. So be sure and come back tomorrow when I'm going to be talking about a way to practice your listening skills and build those listening muscles. Thanks for listening to How to Be a Better Person. Our theme song is Left for Deadish by Junior85. The podcast is mixed by Sound Advice Strategies. If you liked what you heard in this episode, share it with someone you think would like it too. Your voice matters. Also, How to Be a Better Person has an official newsletter that sends the past seven episodes, a sneak peek of the week ahead, and one well-chosen meme to your inbox every Saturday morning. Sign up at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com and click on Get Podcast News. I also love to hear from listeners. I mean, I love it. Send me an email by clicking on the Contact Kate button at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com. Tweet me at Kate Han, K-A-T-E-H-A-N. Or find me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. I look forward to connecting with you. 